thought leaders, storytellers and griots sharing personal highlights on Stories of the Week. So if you go to a website called www.hatchinstitute.co.za, there's an article there that will be published this week coming up, and it's written by the founder of Hatch Institute, Ian Furr. What's interesting about it is it looks at uh, some of the hard truths that we've had to engage with over the last year, 2020, not just simply because of COVID, but many other issues as well. And then how we start to look at building a new world in 2021. Now, the question, of course, when we look at calendar times, 2020, 2021, is that often not much changes. And in this case, COVID is going to ensure that not much changes. So how do we move from the one year to the other? Ian, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, thank you very much for having me, Michelle. Ian, in your article, you look at uh, the three hard truths or even lessons that we've learnt in the last year. Tell us about those lessons. Right. Well, it's been a pretty tough year as we all know, 2020, and I think it will be remembered for many years and even centuries to come. But some of the things that were highlighted during 2020 was the inequalities and the issues around race and racism in South Africa. And that's really where I've sort of focused um, this particular article. And one of them is is the issue of racial polarization and and how that has impacted on our society throughout the country. Racial polarization in business in particular affects the the corporate culture, it affects uh, productivity, it affects service, customer service, etc. And it sort of permeates every aspect of our lives. There's hardly a thing in South Africa that is not touched in one way or another by racial polarization. So we have to deal with that. And then the problem that we have, which is another hard truth, is the paradigm paralysis, which is what I call the, the inability for people to shift their mindset and to mm. change their way of thinking and to, and to be open to change. And that is really a problem in South Africa. We've had this... 300 years of systemic racism which which has um, impacted and ingrained people's minds to believe that there is a one race group is superior to another. And those beliefs are stuck in people's minds and if we can't shift those minds then we're going to struggle to to change the cultures of our organizations and also the culture in our society and change the inequalities and the social injustice that has permeated our country and plagued it for so many years. And then finally, there's the hopelessness scenario, which is creeping through our country in all aspects of life. Business people are worried about their businesses. Employees are worried about job security. And, of course, the unemployed have lost all hope completely. So until we can shift the mindset from hopelessness to hopefulness, we'll never be able to create an equal society with social justice where people have real opportunities to participate in the economy. At the moment, it's not like that, and the inequality gap is huge. And unfortunately, if that sustains itself, we're going to have real problems going forward, and there's not much hope for the future. So we have to do something to shift that mindset. So, Ian, when I look at those three hard truths that you've brought up, there's a couple of things that spring to mind. You talk about the paradigm paralysis holding us back as a nation and about how we are stuck in our beliefs. In many ways, it's what Ashil Mbembe, the philosopher and great thought leader, describes as a deficit of imagination in this country. 
and he describes it in relation to how we think about politics. But I think we could uh, expand that idea to many ideas and to many spaces. This idea that we don't necessarily have the imagination or we haven't allowed ourselves the imagination to think of other options, other journeys, other societies that we could become. That's correct. And what happens is that people sort of grow up and they they have learnings and experiences and teachings and through their parents and their social lives and their schooling, etc., etc. And they create what I call a book of rules, which is filled with all their biases and prejudices that come from their early beginnings right through their lives. And the inability to open their minds and to, and to examine these unconscious biases and prejudices and things like that have just caused all the problems. So people can't see the need to examine themselves, to go on a bit of a journey of self-discovery and open their minds to change and to listen to, to other people's points of view. You know, we haven't yet learned that, that when you speak, you cannot learn. You can only learn when you are listening. And, hmm. and listening to other people's points of view is really becoming more and more important because you can never change if you're not exposed to what other people are thinking. And unfortunately, we've shut ourselves off from that. and We're hmm. stuck in those beliefs. So, so I believe it's really important to get people, and white people in particular in South Africa, and to look at, their, at these unconscious biases and try and examine those things that are blocking their way from yeah. opening their minds and, and shifting their mindsets and, and starting to accept that there's a moral obligation in, in South Africa to uplift people and to create justice and, and, uh, and yeah. equality. So you talk about the racial polarization that lies at the heart of most problems experienced by South African businesses. Um, I would argue that it doesn't only lie in the private sector, but that we also see it coming out of politics as well. And there should be a way that civil society can say enough is enough to base your politics on racial polarization should be unacceptable. I believe that's correct, Michelle. And of course, if you look at the way that the government is run, you know, when it was the white apartheid government, it was all about white superiority and white economic control. And now that has shifted, and there's, there's issues of corruption, and there's all kinds of things. But corruption and social society is not always only about race. It's, it's largely about power, mm. regardless of, of what race we have. It's, 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 the, it's the group that's in power that, that has the ability to be corrupt. And South Africa is a hugely corrupt society, and I think it's one of our real killers. But at the same time, we mustn't forget that in the old days, apartheid was also hugely corrupt. You know, they stole the economy, essentially. They stole the uh, the entire country, virtually. So we, we've kind of moved from one corrupt government to another one for different reasons. But at the end of the day, it's the people that are in power that hold the ability yeah. to be corrupt. You know, it's fascinating. I mean, I'm listening to you talk about this and then I'm thinking about the students that are probably going to have to rewrite the maths exam. And that, that's a perfect, perfect example of corruption where someone steals the paper, then sells the paper and the people who buy the paper and so forth and so forth. And that it does need to be struck off at the very, very root. You mentioned also as one of those three hard truths, hopelessness. Now, 
I've yes. been thinking a lot around this word hopeful uh, and um, uh, how one is feeling. And it seems to me that we've shifted um, away from the idea of optimism to the idea of hope. And yes. I wonder if you could just tease that out for us a little. Right. I, I think that what, what's happening at the moment is there's an overwhelming sense of negativity that's creeping through the country and through business at the, at the same time. And that's all based on fears, a lot of different fears, fears for the future, fears for your personal safety at the moment, obviously fears for your health as well. So there's lots of fears and lots of hopelessness. And the only thing, in my view, that is more powerful than fear is hope. If we have hope, we can start to revive the, the the sort of prospects for a future South Africa that looks a little bit more equal, a little bit more rosy, a little bit more prosperous. So we need to introduce hope into our minds. And the only way to do that is to shift individual minds. It's, it's not something that a country can do. It's not something that a government can do. They have to just continue. But at the same time, we need to just... Um, take one person at a time and say, okay, let's re-examine your mindset and let's open ourselves to being more positive, to be more hopeful, to be more accepting, to be more tolerant, to be more uh, willing to compromise, etc., etc., so that we can create some sort of equality going forward. So hope really is a major factor for our future. You use that as one of the um, ways of starting to build a better 2021. Uh, What really struck me about the three options that you provide there for in this quest for what we consider to be a better future is the idea of getting everyone involved. So talk to us about that because that's absolutely critical is that each and every person feels that they have engaged in some kind of social compact um, and that they are engaged in a social compact and that they are involved in moving towards a better society. Yes, well, I think, and there are two ways to look at that. The one is in society as a whole and every individual must be involved and, and of course, then in business, which is really my focus mainly. Mm. But but throughout an organization, for example, and the same applies to society, unless everyone is involved, you can't get some people waving a flag if the other people are just unable to open their minds and and to shift that and Mm. to start to say, okay, let me examine, for example, let me examine my privilege. Let me examine why we're in this position in the first place. Let us understand the history of the country and how systemic and institutionalized racism has impacted on so many things Mm. in our lives. Let's see how we can start to tackle that and undo it. And the only way to undo it is by opening our minds, each and every one of us, even if it's one person at a time. That's the way to go. And uh, I think it's just about people starting to accept that as far as I can see. You wouldn't go to a businessman or woman and just say, open your mind. You would give them a skill on how to do it. What would that skill be? And the skill would be to to be able to identify their own paradigms, their own unconscious biases, and, and to examine where they come from and why they are there. And then they can start to challenge them and try and overcome this. So we have a race relations course, for example, which is called Understanding and Overcoming Racial Bias. 
And so we get people to understand our history and how we came to be what we are, because we're all products of our past, essentially. And the only way we can unlock the future is to understand that and move forward and overcome those biases. A lot of people say, I don't want to know about the past. You know, I don't want to be involved. Uh, I wasn't there when apartheid was, was, was oppressing people, so don't blame me for the sins of my fathers. But we do need to explain to people that even though you weren't a perpetrator during the apartheid years, you have been a beneficiary. And you need to understand the beneficiary results, for example, of, of things like white privilege and white superiority and stuff like that and how that's impacted on your life. And then you need to open your mind and say, okay, maybe there is something in this. Let me understand what needs to change and let me see if I can become a little bit more paradigm flexible rather than paradigm paralyzed. Ian Fur, the CEO of the Hatch Institute, and we will be tweeting the link for that particular article, which is also on City Press and News 24. And if you want to find out more about it, you can go on to hatchinstitute.co.za. And that idea of unconscious bias is a good one in that it is... You might listen to this conversation and go, oh, yes, but but just take a moment and think, what is my unconscious bias? What is the bias I have behind my consciousness? And maybe you'll think differently.